Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're staying safe and keeping well. And we are back with another podcast looking at the world of Scottish women's football. And we're back to review the first weekend of SWPL 1 and 2. And we're also going to have a wee look ahead towards the Champions League fixture for Glasgow City this midweek against Servette. And the Scotland squad, as announced by new manager Pedro Martinez Lothar in today's press conference. And we've got a little bit of insight from him as well. So lots to get through. But I'm not here to do it by myself, of course not. I've got my good friend, Mr. Campbell Finlayson with me. Campbell, how are you doing? Oh, not great, Chris, but what can you do? So we'll, we'll get on with this and I'll surely be in a good mood by the end of it. Oh, what's up, everybody? Oh, everything, Chris. There's never, there's always something. But anyway, we're, we're all good. We're, all we're good. fine. It's not, it's not deep. It's just frustrating. We'll, we'll have a wee chat afterwards. But <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get you in a good mood, as you said, by talking about some football. And we are going to get straight into it by starting with SWPL1. And we're going to start with the game that you were at, Campbell, first of all, um, which was the, the opening salvo for the champions. Uh, Glasgow City going for a, a 15th consecutive title. They were at home to Motherwell at Peter's Hill Park. And Campbell, you saw, well, a very fast start, and that kind of set the tone for what was a comfortable victory for the defending champions. I mean, it was one of these games where, as always, a lot, as, as a lot of the time when you're, you're watching Glasgow City, you're kind of hoping that the opposition can keep it as tight for as long as possible, or even sneak a goal themselves. So it'd be a goal down inside 18 seconds was, was the last thing Motherwell would have wanted. And they were not great for the rest of us, kind of almost as if it was a procession as to what was happening. But um, it's a great start from City. It's, it's obviously poor for Motherwell to give the ball away a couple of times that they did in, in that first in the opening seconds, obviously, and then Priscilla Chinchi has taken the goal very, very well. But as I says to you um, later on in the game, obviously, there had been, of the first four goals, three of them were in empty nets, and it wasn't a case of it was Motherwell's fault. I think City were just very good going forward. I mean, I, I don't think Motherwell actually were that bad over the course of the 90 minutes, but when you're 2-0 down away in Glasgow City, after less than six minutes, then you kind of have the feeling that things aren't going to go your way, and it turned out to be a bit like that. But... City um, had obviously made changes from the first trip to the first leg trip, sorry, to Servette, um, and then again ahead of the game tomorrow afternoon. So it was it was still comfortable enough, and there was a good, a good few impressive performances from them there. But I don't think Motherwell was maybe as bad as the scoreline suggests. Yeah, so I mean, as you mentioned, Priscilla and Chia getting that opening goal after 18 seconds. Unofficially, we don't know actually if it's the quickest goal in SWPL history. It might be. But um, I'm sure we'll find out. But uh, yeah, uh, she opened the goal scoring. Uh, Billy Hedder from Claire Walsh, and then a double from Odie Flo to Dealer. Uh, Taylor Fisher getting her first SWPL1 goal after scoring her first goal for Glasgow City in the SWPL Cup. Uh, and Maddie Fulton, who had a penalty saved by Kim Dradensey earlier on, uh, and get, did get on the score sheet to make it a 6-0 victory. But yeah, I mean, I was obviously watching the highlights back. Um, I was away at a Hibsby Spartan, which we'll chat, chat about in a wee bit. But yeah, it was, uh, one, of, one of the things I did notice was the fact that a couple of the goals were a case of rolling the ball into the empty net. But I think that's a sign of a, a City team that are, are playing quite well at the moment and a big game that they're looking into. One question I had for you, Campbell, because I, I don't know what, what happened with it, but obviously Leah Alexander wasn't scheduled to start in the game on Sunday and uh, she ended up obviously playing, a, playing the 90 minutes. Did we find out if there was anything that went in like what happened with that at all? Well, I mean, no, she was due to play the game, but then and I was beside Callum and Dale uh, for Glasgow City just before kickoff, and it was only then they kind of said, oh, there's been a change. I don't think they really knew either, so, so I think she just picked up a knock on the warm-up, but she seemed to be um, moving around pretty fine sort of, towards the end of the game and things, so I'd imagine she was, was okay and just precautionary, but it was it certainly was a late change to, to City's lineup. Uh 
I know that also in the in the game there was a partnership between Megan Foley who's making our 50th appearance for Glasgow City. She's really one of the un, unsung heroes uh, for City. Um, and also Tyler Dodds, um, who's obviously been one of the summer signings uh, coming in from um, Serie B, the, the Northern English woman. Northern English woman, is that, is that how you say it? Yeah, that's how I said it. Um, coming in. Uh, and I know that she had a wee chat with you after the games, and this is what she had to say. First league start, obviously, for Glasgow City. Just how happy are you with that game today? Oh, I'm buzzing to just uh, get a start, to be honest, just because, obviously, coming here quite late and getting knocked with COVID and stuff, it's nice to get 90 minutes under my belt. And, obviously, first game of the season, really excited. But, yeah, I think we played, we played well. Definitely better in the first half, but a bit of tired legs. But, obviously, there's a lot of games going on right now for us. So you say there, it's a perfect start and scoring that first goal into the first 20 seconds. I think that was yeah. obviously the best way to kick off the new oh, campaign. Oh, definitely, yeah. It was uh, quite a shock, actually, me and Taylor went each other. Have we kicked off yet? So it was definitely good. Good start, yeah. We well, haven't looked in the first half there, and obviously yourself and Megan were getting quite a lot of space down that right-hand side. Was that yeah. something you picked up on during the game? Um, yeah, just we've obviously worked on like kind of overlaps and working inside and trying to get some crosses in the box, and they didn't seem to be pressing that much, so it just worked out well for us today. We've obviously had these uh, Champions League games coming up as well. A bit of a break today, but is it obviously there's a lot of games coming up, but is it something you're just kind of used to and getting that rotation in, in amongst the squad? Um, yeah, well, it has to, doesn't it? Otherwise, you're not going to have legs for the full season if you keep the same starting eleven out. So I think it's good how Grant always changes the team. I, everyone gets minutes. It's important to have like depth in the squad as well, which he works out really well, to be fair, with all the changes. Going into that game on Wednesday, obviously, 1-1 from the um, first leg in Switzerland. You're confident that we can complete the job at Broadway? Yeah, I think, obviously, when we went away, they had some fans in, and it was quite shocking because, obviously, with COVID, we've not really had that, and they were very loud, so it was nice that we're actually having free tickets, so hopefully the more the merrier, and we can get a good crowd going, a good chance, and getting like behind us, and obviously making us push better and push forwards for the game as well. Good luck for everyone. Thank Wednesday. you very much. So, Campbell, I mean, Tyler mentioned the, the Champions League there. Before we go into that, actually, we should give a, a, wee, a, a wee mention to Motherwell, obviously, the first, first game on the Paul Brownlee and SWPL1. Uh, a couple of names that we didn't know about appearing in the, the squad as well on Sunday. Gemma Hughes, one of the youth products, and Paige McAllister, looks like she's come in potentially on loan or free transfer, we'll find out, I'm sure. But they are, their battles won't be against City this season in terms of where they're going to end up in the, in the table come the, the end of the season. No, I mean, that, that can be said for the majority of the teams in the league, obviously, but um, I think Motherwell had a good few missing. You could see players there. Obviously, Amy Anderson was on the bench, but wasn't fit enough to play and was never really looked that she was going to be coming on at any point. And then again, some of the players on the bench, obviously, in the stand, so John McClanagan was there, Rachel Connor, again, players that have played a lot of football for Motherwell. So there were players missing, but um, I think, as I say, they didn't look overly bad. I mean, Kim Ramsey had a good game and goal, despite conceding six. We had a couple of good saves, the penalty, obviously, as well. Um, Joe Addy's another one that I felt did pretty well at the back for them and then again for Kayla McDonald and go up front herself it's, it's kind of hard when you, you're not getting any service but again she was a nuisance to the city defence and Janine Van Dijk's a player ever since she came in we've always picked out how comfortable she looked Sunday was probably the first time I've really seen her not struggle but have a bit of a problem against a, a forward in the league so there's positives there for Motherwell and like you say it's, it's not the games against City that are, are going to define where they end up this season no, absolutely not. But um, yeah, I tell you what, let's let's use this as a wee juncture before we go and speak about the rest of the league. Um, it saves us to kind of doing a circle round and talk about the Champions League this coming Wednesday afternoon, 10 past three kickoff at Broadwood. Uh, I think tickets are still available. They just need to be pre-ordered and they are free. So if you do want to get along and you are available to work out the, the way to get the time, time to do that, then I would absolutely recommend that you don't get to see free Champions League football very often. Uh, Campbell, we spoke about the game 
I think pretty much as almost immediately after it last weekend uh, for the podcast, and we talked about how it maybe wasn't a vintage performance, maybe for either side, but City will be happy with the result. Um, they're going to this second leg. Hayley Lauder looks like she's going to miss out again. The, the calf injury she's had is still a bit of a going concern, which is a big miss for Glasgow City, and I think maybe she would have really helped in that first leg. But City are in a good position, and it's to use a cliche, it's in their own hands on uh, Wednesday afternoon. It is, and that's, that was the least they could have asked for, I think, for, for coming back for the second leg. I mean, we said ourselves last week they weren't at it really in the first leg. Grant himself again on Sunday, he knew they hadn't played very well, but they're coming back level, and as you say, they're at home, and their favourites are then going to get the job done. I think they will do. I mean, there was, despite not playing great in the first leg, Servette didn't really either, and there was there's still signs that City can, can go and cause them problems. We know how good they are, and obviously you see the goal come, come out absolutely nothing. It's a great, yeah, great finish for Clear Shine as well. So I think they'll do well, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on tomorrow. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. It's, I don't know about you, Campbell, I'm a little bit sad that it's not at Peter's Hill Park because I think we've both been at Peter's Hill Park for, well, obviously an afternoon uh, on Wednesday, the game, but I think we both been at Peter's Hill Park for like the European nights and it's been it's been good to have that that kind of close-in atmosphere with a few a few hundred up to a thousand kind of all in tight, whereas at Broadwood, obviously it's a bigger stadium, you can get more people in and it'll be really interested to see numbers. It was something that both Grant Scott and Elia Alexander, who we're about to hear from in a, in a moment, mentioned in terms of having that support, even though Servette didn't fill their stadium, there were two and a half thousand people there and it made a difference. So it'll be interesting to see that, see how that happens. But yeah, it would have been nice if it was at Petersell Park, eh, Campbell? It's not often we say it would be nice at Petersell, but it would be, I think. I mean, Tyler Dodge obviously mentioned there as well that it did make a difference, the crowd, even though it was small in Switzerland, they still made a bit of noise. You've seen in, in the WSL down south, of course, over the weekend as well, where majority of the games ever played in, in the men's uh, stadiums and if you, even the Arsenal Chelsea game if you look at there's only 9,000 in what's a 60,000 60, seat stadium but the fact they were all kind of put together as well it made for more of an atmosphere so we'll see what you get um, at Broadwood tomorrow and, and hopefully it'll be loud enough but as you say it's not quite as enclosed but um, I still think they'll make a decent noise to City fans and it, it should be a good spectacle no, absolutely, and I'm, I'm aware that it will be to do with UEFA regulations, and that's that's part of the world we're still living in just now. But as I mentioned earlier, Campbell spoke to Grant on Sunday, and I spoke to Grant and Lee Alexander, who's just signed a new contract with Glasgow City um, this week, to kind of get their insight ahead of the game in terms of what they're expecting. But I also asked Lee some questions about our new contract, and this is what she had to say, and then what Grant had to say looking ahead to the game against Servette on Wednesday. What, uh, what made you make the decision to sign on for another couple of years? really happy uh, where I am um, I like the way that the club is progressing over the last couple of years I think we've got a really exciting future um, as I said before I feel really comfortable uh, here this is my home um, I love the club to bits um, and yeah there's nowhere else I'd rather be Got your part of quite a, an established core now at Glasgow City and you've seen a lot of players come and go do you think it's important for you that the fact that there is that, that core and now you're getting to see other players kind of progress around about you yeah, definitely. Obviously, myself um, and a few others, the likes of obviously Leanne Ross has changed her role from player to coach. Um, you've got Haley and you've got Joe. We've been around for a while, but it's nice to see that the squad that we've got at the moment is a really competitive one. Um, you look around and there's competition in every place. You don't know who's going to play come the weekend. So, um, of course, as kind of golden oldies, we've been there for a while. Um, we'll, um, we'll still be there trying to set standards and things like that and try and to make sure that all the kind of newer players that are coming into the club are buying into 
what we believe in and, and what the kind of club stands for. But, you know, we've got a really good group at the moment um, and we're just really looking forward to, to starting. Obviously, we've started the league yesterday um, and, and hopefully many more Champions League games to come as well. Calling yourself a golden oldie just made me feel very anciently. But um, <laughs> you mentioned, obviously, the league started yesterday. I know you weren't expected to play um, play yesterday, but in terms of getting those extra minutes in before a Champions League game, is that, is that good prep for you? Yes, it's always good. Of course, you you kind of you want to play every game, and and for us, it was um it was a really good game to to get started with. Obviously, six 0 winners, um a clean sheet, um loads of different scorers as well, and some firsts for a lot of people. Obviously, Taylor came in up top, and I, I felt she did really really well. So it's shown that people are coming in and showing what they can do, and it can only help us um coming into the big game on Wednesday that players are are full of confidence. It was a, a tight first leg. I think we've touched on that already. Maybe maybe it wasn't the spectacle. I think both sides would have maybe wanted it to be. But you've you've got a fair bit of experience in terms of those big Champions League moments Lee, over the last couple of seasons, whether it be in penalty shootouts or, or otherwise. If it gets to that nitty gritty, I, I take it you're you're more than ready for the, the challenge should it come. Yeah, of course we want to make sure that we can try and win the game over ninety minutes. Of course, um, but yeah, going away from home. It's kind of one of those that both teams are kind of trying to find out a little bit more about one another over the first 90 minutes. And and now looking into this second leg at home for us, we know, as I said, that we can perform a lot better. We can be better in possession. Um, we know that they have threats, but I don't think we've probably shown um, what we can properly do. So I think come Wednesday, um, we're just really excited to get out and, and try and um, take this massive opportunity to strive forward and, and get into those group stages. Cheers, Lee. I mean, Grant, uh, from, a, from a coach's perspective, what, what did you take out of that game last week? I know afterwards you felt there was a, the first half maybe wasn't perfect, but then that goal seemed to spur, spur City on a little bit. Yeah, just just as we've said before, Chris, I think um, we we felt we underachieved a little bit in the first half. Um, however, you know, having looked back a little bit, I think that um, credit must go to Servette. They, they stopped us playing... Um, a normal game to build up through the back and play through the areas. So they made it quite difficult. Um, and that's something we'll have to just um, figure out for um, this coming match, I think. Um, but yeah, the, the potential was all shown the minute we went behind, unfortunately, that um, the, the players really came to the fore um, and showed what they could do in parts. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's still going to be a tough challenge. Um but we believe as a group, players, staff, um, together, that we probably didn't play our best 90 minutes. So if we manage to flip that round on Wednesday, we give ourselves a chance. Uh, Lee referenced Claire's goal earlier on, which obviously popped off around around the world, it seemed, uh, on <laughs> uh, last week. But in, in terms of the, the squad, um, obviously having players to have those moments, is, is the squad looking okay for, for Wednesday at the moment? I know there's been a couple of players carrying injuries for a wee while now. Yeah, we've got one long term and, and um, yeah, ju- just normal um, early season strains and things to manage. Um, so, so hence why we're rotating the squad quite a lot at the moment. Um, but it's also, as Lee touched on, to, to bring in players that maybe are deserving a little chance so that we have a squad of 22, 23 ready on Wednesday and they're all got lots of confidence, had good game time um, and, and hopefully ready to go come, come whatever, whatever side's chosen. Lee, uh, Lee referenced the golden oldies earlier on, but um, since you've since you've come in, you've obviously brought in a few of the younger players, the likes of uh, Taylor Fisher, obviously scored again yesterday, the likes of Maya Bates. Is it good for you to have those options, maybe not necessarily to make a start and impact in the Champions League, but to rotate them as you get into this period where there could be a lot of fixtures to come? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, they all played um, some time yesterday. Taylor played in 90 minutes. Um, so, you know, it's something that I'm very keen on as a coach that uh, we, we develop players. And I think at some point, the players have to feel a reference of playing in a game. Um, you know, they can work with us. They can train with us. They can take on all the information we provide them. But at some point, they have to they have, to have the challenge. Um, so it, you know, it's it's a good for me. It's a, it's a positive move for us to be doing that, um, and and the fact that there are so many golden oldies in the squad means that um, you know they've got the perfect perfect teammates to learn from, um, and and I have to say all the the senior players, um, you know, they they are always on hand for these players coming in um, and helping them along the way. Just tidbits of information, words of advice. Um, so it, it makes for a really positive and good balance in the squad just now. Uh, so Campbell, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, ten past three. Um, one of the other things that came up was obviously the fact that Servette were playing in grass, a very good grass surface, and Glasgow City usually play on artificial pitches, which will be the case at Broadwood. Are Glasgow City going to get the job done? I think they are. I think, I mean, an early goal would help, but I think you've got that experience of it. Look the players there, they know what they're doing, and I think there was there's been enough over the two games, even though they've not been great. They've still managed to come away with results in the in the last two matches. So I fancy excited to get through it, and we'll see them in the next round. Yeah, into the group stages where that's where the lucrative art is coming. Uh, yeah, everybody knows I'm a positivity panda, so yeah, I've I've got I believe that they'll uh, they'll get the job done tomorrow. I think Servet showed that they they can cause problems, but I think Glasgow City know they can perform better, and it'll be interesting to see if Servet. Have another level to their game as well, so that's why I think it's a, a really good encounter to get get along to if you're able to. So yeah, go along to that one and, and give Scottish football a support in Europe because sometimes Scottish football doesn't get enough of that in Europe, um, especially as the goal, game starts to grow. But let's get back to the SWPL. We've uh, we've dealt with the Champions League now, so let's go back to the SWPL. Um, I say, well, let's go back to the first game of the SWPL one season uh, at the Tony Macaroni Arena. Uh, I headed along to see Hibernian at home to Spartans, teams that finished fourth and fifth last season. And a wee bit back in terms of number of points. I think the Hibs were 19 points behind uh, Rangers if we were in third place last season. And uh, obviously Hibs have had a, a very good start to the season, um, scoring 24 goals in the SWPL Cup. And Spartans uh, also making it through the last eight as well, um, to be virtual victory over Glasgow women and the point they picked up against Ackies. But I thought for the first half, Hibs, um, Hibs, Hibs controlled the game. They, they got an early goal for a penalty. Uh, it, it was a penalty. Um, you couldn't you didn't really see it from where 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 the fans were situated, but you kind of knew what had happened. Um, Robin McCarthy getting down to block a shot, she just kind of couldn't get her arms out of the way, so it was a penalty. Uh, Alex Coyle stepped up her first league goal, six of the season. Uh, Rachel Harrison almost got her hand, got enough on it, but it kind of squirmed underneath the post. Uh, and then from there, they scored the second goal. Colette Gavner, unsung hero, I think I've made many a claim that she's one of the most underrated players in the SWPL. Um, I know she got player of the match on on uh, Sunday from the Hibs, uh, Hibs social media accounts. And I think her finish was really good as well. She uh, managed to kind of contort her body and, and steer it towards the post and it did that. One of those very cool things that happens when the ball hits the post, but it kind of trickled along the, the, the line, but over the line and, and for a goal. And at halftime, it was pretty... It was pretty um, yeah, it's very comfortable for Hibs. Uh, Spartans also uh, served a couple of injuries, both Rona Douglas and Robin McCaffrey, both having to go off, which would have disrupted them a little bit. Um, and I thought the second half maybe lacked a little bit of, maybe just didn't have quite as much to it. I think maybe because Hibs were comfortable, but they did get a third through Michaela McAloney. The ball kind of 
ricocheting off her um, after a, a, a cross could made, made her way towards her and she diverted it in, spin away in a bit of a celebration, finished 3 you know, for Hibs. Um, I thought potentially I was really interested in this one because of how, how well Hibs started the season, but we know that Hibs and Spartans have, especially in the last couple of seasons, been very close in terms of their results, but that's an impressive result for Hibs in the opening day. It is. I mean, they always seem to be facing each other at the start of seasons and things, and it's it's always a game you struggle to predict. It's pretty tight, and you're never really too sure what to expect. But um, I think in the early goal with a, with a settled tip certainly on Sunday, but it's a very impressive performance. The, the fact they've got options now and they've, they've brought in some um, some new players who have quickly made such an instant impact is is good for them. And it was, as you say, some injury maybe a Spartans helped, but from what I've seen and listening to Ian Gibson and yourself as well, it did seem as if Hibs were, were pretty much the team in control for large parts of it. So it's a very impressive start to the season for them and would obviously be top, but it not for Glasgow City being, being great as they are. So uh, lots of positives there for Hibs and a better start than they've, they've maybe had previously, as I say, when they've been losing players. But they've got a fairly settled squad there with some new additions and they'll be, they should be an exciting team to watch this season. And I think you saw that already um, from, from parts of the game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest compliment I said to somebody after the game on Sunday is uh, Rachel Boyle, who everybody knows I'm a bit of a mark for, you, it didn't feel like everything was going through Rachel Boyle. Like you, you didn't feel like you were looking for her to take the ball forward alone. I thought Michaela McElhone had, had an excellent game and she already looks like a player who's thriving on having maybe a, a new challenge after a few seasons at Spartans and having something something new to work towards. And then Alexa Coyle, she's, she's a bit raw in terms of like her, her technique, but she keeps she keeps the defence busy all the time. Um, I think, as I said, somebody's she's a lot taller in real life than I was expecting. So there you go. Some, some things that happen when you see somebody for the first time as well. But um, yeah, she keeps play, She keeps opposition defenders busy, always willing to run. And uh, yeah, I think she had a really important hand to play and lots of the good stuff that Hibs had uh, to do in the first half. But after the game, I did speak to Michaela uh, and uh, head coach Dean Gibson. And Michaela obviously talked about uh, scoring a first goal for Hibs. And Dean did touch upon the fact that now he has some options. He feels like he's He's got a better chance this season of maybe catching up with the, the teams at the top of the table, but this is what exactly I had to say. No, I'm absolutely buzzing. I thought the girls done really well. It's always a hard match against Spartans, but we dug in. We took things that we worked on pre-season and we brought it into the game and it paid off for us. So, yeah, delighted. Um, obviously, first league game of the season. Uh, you've had a good run in the SWPL Cup, but was it nice to see that, obviously, given the SWPL Cup goes against a team from the SWPL, was it nice to carry that on into this game? Yeah, of course. That's what our attention has gone into every game, just taking it as it comes and looking at the opposition, what can we do against them, and I think we've done that really well today, and obviously we started well in the Cup, so we're just looking to carry that on. Um, you also got in the scores today. How much did you know about it when it went in? <sighs> to be honest, I was a bit shocked, but... Yeah, I'm delighted. As I said, Spartans are a tough opposition. I was at them for three years and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm delighted to get on the score sheet. It's always good to get a goal. Um, and your celebration wasn't, you know, some some people like to do it a bit casual. With you, you were very happy. Um, I just think me as a player, I don't get on a score score sheet very often. So when I do score, especially like in the league, first game in the league, um, yeah, I just just wanted to celebrate with the girls and and the coaches. Our hard work's paid off. And you've also had a few friendlies and a few competitive games on you, but how have you been settling in? Oh, I've settled in, honestly, I f it feels like I'm, I'm not new at all. I've known the girls for years as well, so I think I've settled in really quickly and, yeah, just buzzing to get started. Dean, 3-0 victory day, opening day of the SWPL in season. I think you're pretty happy with that? Good. I think, for me, the best way to describe it was probably more a professional performance. I think 
we didn't play a lot of great football today, but these games are always a fight with us and Spartans, so it was a fight that we had to win, and I felt like we did do that, and again, we scored goals, which is a massive improvement on last season. I know people are still questioning whether we're going to do that. That's a score. 27 goals in four competitive games now, however many it's been. So we're certainly a team that scored goals. We have carried on the way we defend from last season. We defend very well. I mean, to the end of last season, I think we only conceded one goal in the last five games. We've carried that on to, to today with another clean sheet. So defensively, we look very good. And then going forward, we're, we're still creating chances, but this time taking them. Where I think we talked a couple of times towards the end of last season about kind of squad depth and how you were running quite short. That's obviously changed quite a bit over the summer and a couple of signs today, Alexa Coyle and Michaela Maconi showing up in particular well. And yeah. What does it mean to have that? Those options, obviously Siobhan Hunter back fitness as well and you, I know you've still got some players out. It must, it must feel good to have some more options than you did last season. It's just a different game now for us. Like We knew last season there were some games, we knew the problems but we didn't have a lot of depth to the squad so we maybe had two centre-backs on the bench, two right-wingers and it might have been a striker you needed to change. That's just an example of the problems that we had. So this season, regardless of how this game's going, we've probably got an option to cover all sort of issues that we might, might arise in a game. So it's a brilliant squad that we've put together. It's going to take a lot for the girls because you'll see today some girls didn't get on the pitch. Um, some girls and everyone's fit won't even get in the squad. So we need to be professional in our approach, but also know that it's a team effort. And at the end, everyone was delighted for the team that, that as a group, we, we got three points. Speaking about one of them in particular, Alexa Coyle, you seem to have uncovered a good one there. That's the first time we've seen her in, in real life and she's a, she's a handful up top. She is. She causes problems without even realising she's doing it, just for her presence. Um, but normally when players are that tall, they're not the quickest. She's got kind of height, she's got strength, she's got speed. Technically, she needs to get better, she knows that. But she's got a lot of good attributes in, and I've never seen someone run as much as that girl runs in a game of football. So, brilliant player to work with, um, very, very talented and, and one that we think will have a great season. Obviously, last season there was a little bit of a gap between kind of third spot and yourself and Spartans. Obviously, yeah. to, 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 how how do you feel about closing that gap this season? We're hopeful. I think, for example, I don't think we win that game last season. We've already picked up three points in a game that either finishes one-one, nil-nil. We might have lost it one-nil with, with a mistake or something. But I think it's a great start, and in, in the way that we kind of dispatched the teams in the League Cup group campaign as well shows that we're at that level now. That certain games we might find easier, where last season we kind of found every game challenging in some way. So I think so far we've shown that we're at that level now of the, the top three last season. So yeah, 3-0 win for, for Hibs. Uh, Campbell, as you say, that puts him up to second behind Glasgow City. It's the opening day of the season, so we're not going to sit and dwell over the league table too much. But um, it, is, it is heartening, you've mentioned it, Dean mentioned it, and I know I've mentioned it now as well, that they... it does feel like Hibs are in a better position to maybe close the gap in that top three this season. It will come down to I think it probably will come down to those games against those other sides. That's where they, they didn't quite get results. We did towards the end of last season, but now they've got those options. I mean, Leah Eddie also coming back from injury off the bench. Amy Gallagher had a knock, which is why she wasn't featuring on, on Sunday either. They have they have players now that you look at and go, well, actually, do you know what? They're missing those players, but when you look at that first team, it still, it still can do a job. It can, and I think that's something that they have missed. We've, we've talked before, obviously, with some of the benches that they've had in previous kind of seasons. It's, it has been a lot of younger players that they're just kind of, kind of put on there. And um, yes, plenty will get their chances, but again, there were players that maybe weren't quite at the level now. But you see, Alexa Coyle coming in was, was a good sign in there. The fact they've got Tony Malone as well, <clears throat> um, and then Gabby Inglis, the fact there's like a goalkeeper. Um, yeah, there's got to be a bit more experience maybe than what they've had before. So there's definitely more options for Hibs there. And it was encouraging, as I say. I mean, they've got the penalty and it helps you score early on in the game, even if it was a, it's a questionable run-up, but it's in. Um, 
And to get that makes a big difference, as you see. And Colette Kavanagh is one that I know you quite like as a player, certainly. And again, it has almost been that unsung hero, like you say, but it's maybe getting a bit more a bit more noticed now. It's, it's a great goal from her as well on Sunday. So there's there's plenty to be positive about, and there seems to be a real togetherness in the team, even even early on. I mean, Michaela McIlhenny obviously getting the goal against the old club and celebrating, which I kind of like to see. I don't like when players just don't celebrate. Maybe went a bit overboard, but again, we don't know what's going on there. But the fact that they've got that and straight away they're all celebrating as a team as well, um, I think is something that will help them certainly know they're not expected to be up in, in the top three, but maybe that will help them and they can quietly go about their business as they as they try to chase them. Yeah, I think Michaela's just buzzing to score. I think I'd be buzzing to score as well if I don't do it very often. So, yeah. But, yeah, good result. Let's move on then to the third game from the SWPL one weekend, which was, well, it was the last game of the weekend, but it was probably the game that I had most interest in it. It was Aberdeen uh, against Celtic up at the Balmoral. Um, this game was live in BBC Alba. I managed to get back from Livingston in time to kind of see this one in full. And it was an entertaining game. Lots of, lots of good stuff. Lots of not-so-good stuff. Big crowd. It was a it was a really good spectacle, Campbell, in, t- in terms of something to watch. Um, Celtic did the lead early through Charlie Welling. So the Celtic kind of controlled the, the early stages and they got that they got their goal. I'm sure Gil Gilmore will be a little bit disappointed. It kind of went through a, a, through our fingers a little bit, but um, yeah, uh, Celtic went one 0 up. And at that point, it felt it felt a little bit like when um, Rangers played at Aberdeen in the SWPL Cup and, and Rangers kind of got the initiative and scored three goals quickly. And Celtic were hammering at the door to try and do that as well, but didn't quite come. And then about five, six, seven minutes later, uh, Jenna Penman fall into the box and a great header from Kelly Clark, unfortunately, in the wrong direction for her to get an equaliser. But uh, they got a goal back again quite quickly. Chloe Craig, who seems to score a lot of goals all the time now, um, seems to be part of our game. Uh, a nice and first to put it two one at half time. And at half time, I, I was pretty entertained. I think Celtic were very much value for, for being up at, up at half time. I think maybe we'd have been disappointed not to take more of the chances they created, but it was a, a very entertaining opening and a half, Campbell. It was, and then we kind of we'd expected Aberdeen to, to cause teams problems, even though they've, they've come up from, from a division below, but you're having a good crowd and just under 500 there, and to go behind your, your worries, maybe oh, they're going to collapse against what's a really good Celtic team, but I see the crowd has probably helped them in, fact, in, in some way, I think, and they come back there. Twice coming within when that goal it'll take obviously late on as well. Um, they were always kind of in the game there, and it made for an entertaining one. And even though Celtic had, had more of it, and obviously were ahead for larger parts of the game, um, what Aberdeen were still creating chances. So they, they always looked that they were they were there. They were never really out of the game, and obviously they lost it late on with, with a penalty to make it look maybe a bit harsher at score line than it was. But it looked like it would have been a great advert as well for those that are, that are maybe going to their first game um, up at Aberdeen now that they're at a, they're at a venue that's. It's easier to access for fans as well. So hopefully we get more of them coming back. And if they're getting six goals each week, then I'm sure they'll be entertained. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned six goals, you're getting into the second half. Again, it seemed to be, it was Celtic on top. Um, and they did eventually go 3-1 up. Charlie Wellings with a, a superb snap finish. Uh, we'll talk about Charlie Wellings in a wee second, I think, in terms of a couple of things we mentioned last week in our preview. But again, Aberdeen kind of get a goal out of nowhere. At Ailey Shore, who... I think it's a player that a lot of people are excited to see this season in terms of how she makes that step up. And there have been flashes already in the games that I've seen from Elliot that she she really is a, a talent to keep an eye on. And uh, I mean, our goal was a little, it was kind of improvised. Was it just like a kind of head and hope? It's a bit of a strange one because actually, when you look at where the ball ends up and the goal, Rachel Johnson maybe didn't actually have that much chance to get at it with the trajectory. But 
at the same time she might be a little disappointed and that kind of gave Aberdeen a, a lifeline with a few minutes left but uh, a late penalty Gail Gilmore um, yeah I think, I think it was a penalty I don't think there's any kind of debate about that one and Chloe Craig stepping up to make it a double so it was two doubles a, a piece for Celtic and a 4-2 victory and I think any victory up in Aberdeen for, for any of the sides I think will be a really good result but I said I was going to talk about Charlie Wellens. Campbell, we spoke about maybe Celtics need to replace some of the big players that have left over the summer. And Charlie Wellens, I think they've got a, a bona fide goal scorer. She looks sharp in front of the goal. She could have had another couple. Um, but I thought particularly her second goal, the way she snapped finished that and really put it into a bit of the, bit of the goal that I don't think anybody was expecting. It was a real sign of a, a quality finisher. Yeah, she's one that, as you say, we, we picked out last week. But... Um... But maybe a bit of luck where we're first one and there's a couple of finishes probably could have done better with but just saying if you're getting two goals in your league debut for a team you're going to be happy with it and the second goal was was very similar to one we saw in um, the Darville Hurlford game actually on Friday again where, where a ball comes in like that and a lot of time players are they're going to go low and kind of just dive to block the thing but she's shown Sure, a good composure. Just kind of take your time there and, and stick it in a part of the goal, like you say, where no one's going to get to, just like the boy Wicker did for Hurlford. So it makes a difference when um when a real, players just, a real just, niche reference you've gone for there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, just when players have, have got that kind of know-how and just that bit of composure to think, right, wait a minute, let just kind of sit the defender down and stick it in the opposite corner. Um, Odefield to do did the same for Glasgow City actually as well. Um, we're just St. Joe Addy for a hot dog. So it's good when you see a striker that's, that's got that composure and she's done it very well. It was a good finish. They could even have had more, but she'll be very pleased with, with two goals. I'm sure Fanny Lundro will um, as well, given obviously the departure of Sarah Ewans was a big one. But Charlie Welland was a player that had done well and, and some friendlies in Europe for Celtic and already at it in the league as well. I think she'll, she'll be a right good signing for them this season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I don't I don't see Aberdeen. It'll be interesting when Aberdeen play teams and maybe that are going to be looked around at that middle end of the table towards looking to the top half. But yeah, I don't don't envision Aberdeen getting too embroiled anything towards the bottom end. But yeah, really good dad there. And actually, before we get on to the, the last game, let's let's talk about fans you mentioned. Okay, I think 480 was the announced uh, attendance. Um, I'd really noticed that when uh, the first Aberdeen goal went in, the, the actual door that went out, Kind of from the from the hands from watching the, the highlight show, which I thought was very good this week. Um, but also down at um, Petersell Park, obviously Glasgow City have always put on as a best of, best of, best of hospitality possible for fans down at Petersell Park for a long time now. And at the Tony Macaroni Arena, I had music, I had commentary, not commentary, I had team lines over the tannoy. Um, I could get a pie for the pie was a wee bit early, but I had a bottle of water instead. That was all good. Um, had some seats, had some cover. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been a really good start for fan experience uh, this summer. Uh, this summer, yeah, we are still in summer. It's, it's beautiful today, so yeah, this summer, um, and it's going to be important, especially with this winter season, because once we get to November, December, January time, if people look out the window and they know that they're going to go somewhere that's maybe not going to be that hospitable for for a couple of hours, they might change their mind. But I've been really impressed by all the clubs that I've visited so far this season in terms of the, the efforts they're making to to accommodate fans this season, that can only be a good thing with so many of the, the objectives ahead. Definitely. I mean, it, it's maybe something we didn't notice last year when we were obviously turning up the games where fans weren't allowed in, but now that you're there and they can, you know, you, you are noticing the, the efforts being made to make it, like, as you say, a, a more kind of, more welcoming experience for folk. And Peter's Hill is one we've never really picked out as being great for games, but like you say, it's, City do a really good job with it there of even having the different music and the stadium announcers and things as well. It just makes it feel... More like you're at a game, obviously, you're expecting it again at, at, at Livingston. 
But that is good. Obviously, as you're saying there, that now teams are playing at games, uh, playing in places that are they're easier to watch games in, and for Aberdeen especially, you look at the difference at Balmoral. I mean, it's it's not a huge stadium, but it's certainly a lot better than it would have been watching it at the training centre last year at Cormac Park. So it's impressive that teams are doing that well there, and hopefully you'll see more of it. I say I mentioned WSL earlier on as well there. I mean, the smallest stadium used there at the weekend would have been um, the Banks Stadium for Aston Villa, where Walsall playing again. That's a decent-sized ground for football, so we're maybe not getting big, as big crowds um, up here as we are down south, but if you play them at grounds like that, more people are going to turn up, and I think you could see that when, when obviously it comes to the national team playing at Hamden um, as well in the coming months. So, all in all, it's a lot more positive at the minute watching um, going to a game to watch women's football in Scotland. You've touched on the WSL stuff, and I know we don't like to compare with the WSL, but I was reading an article just before we started recording from Susie Rack, and she was talking about I can't believe I read it. So she was talking about. Um, playing games in bigger stadiums. So, for example, as Campbell said, there was like 9,000 at the Emirates for the Arsenal-Chelsea game. Really entertaining. Go watch the highlights for that as well, by the way. Eden Cuthbert had a stormer. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, what, what's your take on that? Because, for me, I quite like what I liked about the Balmoral on Sunday was that, yes, it isn't a bigger stadium, but it looked full. It felt it felt like an occasion. Whereas, at Tony Macaroni, everything was great. And it was great to be in those surroundings for a women's game of football because... We both know sometimes those surroundings are not that. But, but at the same time, it was like it was hard to kind of judge. Was it full? Was it not full? I mean, I think on TV it didn't look a lot. And does that, that interesting kind of balance between perceptions? What's I, I'm kind of open to both at the moment. I think I'm a big advocate of Hamden for Scotland because I think the national team have a good starting point with this at the moment. And um, what's what's your take on it? Like, I think I'm I'm happy with both, but I'm curious to see how it develops over the course of the season. I mean, you're going to want to sit in a proper stadium to watch football games and it's going to feel better, but it's harder, obviously, when you're playing games and there's no fans there. So, I mean, it's just a case of keeping continuing to try to grow to grow the support. It's been done in England. I know the quality of football is better than there or higher to some people, maybe rather than better. But, it's, um, but again, they've managed to grow it bit by bit. And the more we can do it as well, the better it's going to become. Obviously, we had... Scotland Jamaica game you look at Hamden and again it wasn't it wasn't full but there was still that great crowd in that night before the World Cup and I think you should get more of that with the national team as well so if we can get the same kind of thing here on um in the SWPL then it'll help I mean if you look at Peters Hill Peters Hill is a horrible place to go and watch football normally I think anyone it doesn't matter what level it is it's, it's not a great place so but when it's full in the Champions League I think I'd rather watch it there than going and sit in the, in the ice tip that is Broadwood so I mean it's it's you can win and it's, you can win and lose both ways. I think it's we'd all rather watch it in a bigger stadium, but sometimes if you've got a smaller crowd, a smaller venue works. So it, it just depends how you're going to work it. And I think I mean, Susie, that, that article touched on sort of block seating, and like I said earlier on, if you looked around the rest of the Emirates in the Arsenal game, the place was dead. But those nine thousand being put together, it made such a big noise. And if they can look at doing that in, in Scottish games, it'll it'll help as well. I mean, obviously, whole stadiums aren't open. You can see. Almondville, for example, on Sunday there, everyone was kind of in the one area and I don't know what the noise was like, it wasn't there, but I'm sure you'll tell us it was maybe that bit better than when focus spread around. So there's there's pros and cons to it, but I think sure people would rather watch it in, in a big in a bigger stadium and it also looks that bit better on TV as well. Yeah, you got you got a decent noise at Almondville. I think your block, your block uh, seating point that Susie made and you've just made as well is a, is a very good one because I think that's how they're selling the tickets at Hamden for the Scotland Faroe Islands game as well at the moment. It's block by block by block. And actually, that's a good way to set the sense of growth of a, of, a, of a team's support as well because if you're having to open up another block, you know that you're moving in the right direction. So, 
yeah, I think it was just an interesting kind of side discussion to have because it's something that's we both had just read about. So um, I thought it'd be a, a good a good wee sidebar. But uh, let's get to the final game in SWPL one this weekend because, of course, uh, Rangers against Partick Thistle was postponed due to uh, COVID cases with the Thistle squad, and it was Hearts one, Hamilton two, and it was a well. This that so speaking about like fans, so this game was built as a sellout before beforehand. Um, and I saw there was again a, a wee message went up that said that if you can't get, if the, we won't be able to admit him against the ground, but you can go and watch in the hill behind behind the goal, which if you've ever been to the IAM, you can watch a game of football for free up there if you, if you want to. And it, part of me was like, it's really cool that you can put up sold out signs, but then when you saw the number of people that were in, and then you're thinking to yourself, you're turning away fans to go and watch it for free somewhere else at there's maybe a little bit of work to do in terms of maybe maximising capacities. But that said, for the people that were watching in the stadium and on the hill, they got a fair bit of drama with this one, Campbell. Mm, no, there's a tale of penalties in this game, wasn't it? I mean, Orium's another place. It's not a great, not the greatest venue to watch football in, but um, having a sellout of, well, a small sellout, but it's a sellout. It, it sounds good, as you say. And they were treated to a game full of, full of decisions that were some debatable. I mean, um, Hamilton obviously hadn't hadn't known until quite late on in the afternoon when I was at the Renfrew game that I'd noticed that it was penalty number three that he got in stop his time. I think what's going on there, but uh, the first one is, is is definitely a penalty for the, the trip on Ellie Kane, and it's, it's a very good save to be honest. Even though Charlotte Parker Smith dives dives to her left or her foot, has done very well there to keep out Josie Gr's penalty, um, and then for all what looked like Hamilton pressure hearts at the same time seemed to have chances themselves and obviously Amy Anderson said would go very very well once you got to it and when you score with, with such little time before the final whistle you're expecting to go on and win it so to then go and give away another two penalties is, is something that will maybe frustrate you all a wee bit there um, second one I, th- I think it probably is a foul one I wasn't really sure for the first angle but again seeing it back at the BBC it's, it's a trip on MGR as well this time Hannah Scott's has put her penalty away well even if and it makes it easier for her by simply running away. But the third one for me is controversial. I don't think it's a penalty. I mean, we know we've seen it from the BBC angle, but the first angle you'd see it as well, it looks like um, Parker Smith comes out, gets to the ball first, is then clattered by Josie GR and Hamilton are given a penalty. It's Hearts will feel it's soft, Hamilton will feel it's a penalty. It's, it's kind of one of these tough ones. It's, it happens, the referees don't have much help, so you're not going to criticise them too much, but like Hannah Scott deserves a lot of credit for getting up, having having already taken the other penalty, which she scored, to then get up and take another one, knowing that it's pretty much the last kick of the ball and is going to give her team all three points if she can put it away. Um, that showed a lot of nerve there. So credit to her, it wasn't wasn't the greatest of penalties, but again, she's in the right place at the right time to put in the rebound, and it's the perfect start for Hamilton on the return to SWPL one, and I'm, I'm sure they'll be delighted with that. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I think it did look like it was a very even game up up in. Like, and up until that, those kind of last 15 minutes where Slay Hearts, Hearts got one up and then the kind of goal started to come. Yeah, with the, with the penalty, so the, the, I, we saw the BBC angle. The, the other angle we're talking about uh, came via uh, Lewis Robertson, who records the games for Hearts, and he put out the highlights on Sunday night. Uh, and there was an angle at it which kind of showed the collision from a different side. So I think if I was watching the BBC angle, I would go penalty straight away. I think when we both saw the original angle, we thought that maybe Charlotte Parker-Smith got, got onto the ball, but as you quite rightly say, I think Hearts will say it's very harsh. Hamill will say it was definitely a penalty. So we're not, we're not going to kind of hang anybody out for that, for that at all. But uh, a good result for Hamilton Aki. He's obviously promoted into the division. 
Uh, and for Hearts, it'll be disappointing, um, as I think as you've alluded to, and I think as, as you've all had said in the post-match, that when you concede three penalties, it's it's quite hard to to win a game. Uh, but a good three points for Hamilton, and they'll be they'll be pleased to make a winning start to the return to SWPL one. They will. I mean, they'll know they'll have tougher games coming up this season, but it's the games around the teams in the bottom half that they're going to have to win. And going to Hearts, is, it's not an easy game. Teams have struggled there before as well. So to go there um, and get the three points... It's great for them, obviously, to leave it so late as well. It's always good when you when you win a game late on. But their first game there would have been let's go and, and get the three points, and they've done that. So they'll be they'll be absolutely delighted with it. I think Hamilton will do will do well enough this season. I mean, as we say, it's tough when you're coming up, but they shouldn't be a team that's good at phased by it. Um, a lot of them have played at that level before. As I say they know obviously. I still saying I think maybe there's, there's definitely teams that they're better qualities, and I don't think they're maybe the strongest. But I think they'll be they should be fine, and it's, it's a perfect start to the campaign for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go from SWPL 1 to the league that Hamilton actually have just come from, which is SWPL 2. And I tell you what, let's start with probably what was the game of the, the weekend in SWPL 2, which is Glasgow Women against Kilmarnock uh, at Newtindle Park. Again, first first game of SWPL 2 season. Um, and uh, a right ding-dong battle by all accounts at Newtindle Park. Um, Glasgow Women going 1-0 up through Siobhan Honeyman uh, before Kelly got two goals back, one and just before half-time through Alex Middleton and then just after the half-time through Rebecca Gull. But then a really well-taken Caitlin Canavan goal puts uh, Glasgow on the level and then Siobhan Honeyman steps up again to score a third. And it sounds like it was uh, lots of thrills and adventure. And I think all the goals, I think I've seen all the goals from SWPL2 this weekend. And maybe, I'm pretty sure I have maybe missing one potentially. But um, it was good to see, first of all, highlights for all the SWPL2 goals out there. So it gives us something to, as a point of reference. But... It's a, it's a good win for Glasgow women in the opening day of the season. Yeah, it's a good win. It's one that I personally didn't see coming, but fair play to them for, for um, coming back into it, obviously, and then winning it the way they did. Um, probably five of the worst goals I've ever seen in a game of football, but they all count at the end of the day. So for Glasgow women to come out there and, and get a win, especially after the way things ended for them um, last season, certainly a very positive start. Um Obviously, a bit of luck with her first goal. It's, it's poor goalkeeping from Molly Reeves. She'll know that herself. But then Kelly, for coming straight back into it with, again, the penalty is just another. It's a stupid tackle, really. You know, we very well put away by Alex Middleton, though, right in the corner. It's a very good penalty. But then again, for Glasgow, when you're thinking, right, we're level here at half time, haven't have been ahead. Let's try to get back in front. So to give away a goal so quickly the way they did, again, just a total calamity at the back. It's, it's shocking defending. It really, it really was from them. But to come back from there again to get the to get the three points is, is very well deserved for them so um, the, the Caitlin Canavan header was, was very similar to Ailey Shaw's header for Aberdeen like you mentioned there actually but again from Kilmarnock's point of view they've, they've just switched off I and mean, the free kick's taken so quickly put in one of the smallest players on the pack to win a free header in the box it's, it's very bad defending from Kilmarnock um, and then the third goal again I mean, two players jumped into each other and then again, Molly Reef, who, who wasn't the worst goalkeeper in the world, it's the Johnson. Look, they should be a decent enough signing for Kilmarnock, but it's, it's once you dropped in the net, you won't be happy with it. I mean, I know it's you not know, what be too harsh, and people people make mistakes, we get that, but it's it's one where ultimately two mistakes from would have cost them the game. And it's it's not how Kilmarnock would have wanted to start the league, they don't have ambitions to finish quite high up. But Glasgow women getting three points in a game that. I say maybe they, I don't know what they expected, but we certainly didn't expect them to, to go on and win that there. So it's a very good start to the season for them and they'll look to build on that over the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the start of last season as well for Glasgow, when they started the season quite well, and it, I think just all the disruption, it, it kind of 
flung their plans a little bit all over, all over the place in that respect. But um, yeah, it's a good result for Glasgow women. I think you're right to say that, that Molly will be will be disappointed with a couple of those, but hey, everybody, as you say, everybody makes mistakes. If we were all perfect, and that will be a very boring place, I think it's pretty fair to say as well. So um, yeah, but a good, a good result for Glasgow women to get them off to a good win at the start of the season. But um, in terms of the top of the table at this junction of the season, after just one game, of course, is Dundee United, who clocked up a 5-1 win against Stirling University up at the Regional Performance Centre. Um, a, a pretty comfortable win for, for United Campbell. Early goals from Cassie Cowper, Erin Ross, kind of putting the up to 15 on the clock. And then at the moment, I still feel like Stirling University are still working through some things in terms of like getting to a place where they can be regularly competitive. Uh, in, in SWPL2 and a quick double from Robin Smith who had the game out of sight Jodie Malcolm getting a goal back before Dan McGinley uh, made it five uh, with 20 minutes to go and the game kind of petered out but um, good start from Dundee United I know we both said that we think that they are probably the favourites at the moment in terms of uh, potentially going for the title but as as we all know SWPL2 can be a bit of a mad week this season but it's a good start for them it's a good start for them. Um, they're favourites for a reason, United, and they've shown why they are from that game there, obviously, and, and scoring early on is certainly going to help you there. And still, we noticed improvements in, and I think, again, you've seen that where in games they weren't even getting forward to score. They've, they've scored a good goal here, positioning from, from AJ Meach for United keeper as poor, but it's a very good finish. Jody Malcolm, I don't think she would have saved it either way, putting it in off the post there. But United, as you say, were, were in control fairly early on there, and the first goal was your typical definition of an SWPL goal, as you like to call them, where the kind of shot distance just looked straight over. But um, Erin Ross, obviously, in the right place at the right time for the second one. And she had a very good game, actually, from, from what we've seen, what we've been told, and people at the game have spoken to us about was um, just to get in there and make sure that ball goes in for the second one. It's, it's a great pass with outside of the right foot, even if she's not got a left foot, Erin. It's, it's a great ball around the Robin Smith to score. And again, we talk about these players up front, Danny McGinley, there, as you're saying, getting on the score sheet Robin Smith as well United are, are a team that I think will do really well this season as we've said we've all picked them um, as we're favourites and it's going to be up to United to deal with that pressure teams will put will cause them problems they're away to come on it next week too we've seen already in the cup this season can score against them and had United on the ropes for large parts of that game so it won't be easy but then United are the team to beat and Sunday was the perfect example of that Yeah comfortable win I mean obviously Robin Smith and Dan Bielan getting goals Rachel Todd a lot of goals. I think we're repeating ourselves a little bit from last week, but they do have goals kind of throughout that front end of the team, and I think that was demonstrated on Sunday. But yeah, Southern University will be interesting. Obviously, with no relegation SWPL two this season, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens if teams get a little bit detached towards the bottom. Obviously, people want to do as best as best as possible, and we've got everybody played each other four times, so we've got plenty of things for things to shift up and down. But um, yeah, a strong start for Dundee United this season. And that brings us on to the last game of the SWPL weekend, uh, which was Burnhamier Thistle against St Johnson. Um, a 4-1 win for Burnhamier Thistle, um, a good result for Burnhamier. We'll talk, touch on them in a wee second, but um, I think we talked about St Johnson a little bit more because obviously this this week it kind of came out that the, the struggles they've had in terms of player availability and getting a team in the park. And obviously there was a couple of, couple of messages from some of the players and from the head coach talking about it's important that actually they get to play the game. And you know what? Sometimes that can get lost, and yeah, football is a results business. But being actually able to to get a game on and to get the players playing, I think that's just as important. Even though when the result came, um, obviously, but you're a very comfortable victor on, on Sunday, Campbell. 
Yeah, I mean, I know St. Johnson's squad is small enough as it is, and you've got I think it's up to five of them at the minute out injured. It's not going to help you. Um, preparation, like you say, wasn't great. Not being able to play the last cup game and only, what, three days before the game, not actually knowing they were able to play in it. They had a few 17, under-17 players on the bench as well, but they've played the game, as you say. I mean, Jason McCrindle himself has touched on just how hard it's been with how things have went. It's, it's maybe a result we expected maybe not quite as, as, as big a score as it was but against people that have been at the game they have said it was maybe a bit tighter than the scoreline suggests so I wouldn't be too worried for St Johnston over the course of the season I think they'll once they get players back and maybe a couple of loanies or whatever here and there you, you'll see an improvement from them but um, it's a perfect start to the season for Borough Muir and to go and score four goals you can't really ask for too much more on the opening day it's, we touched on some of the younger players they've got again had some 15, 16 year olds playing for the weekend there but with some of these experienced players coming in, obviously Sammy Duncan was one who then got herself on the score sheet as well. They should have a good balance, but I mean, I think as we've said, kind of the way they played last season, having that time to kind of get their feet back into SWPL too. We've got players that now know what it's like to play at that level again. I think they'll be not the worst team to watch this season and 4-1's a, a very good start to the campaign for them, so they'll be delighted with it. And again, a bit like Hibs would be top were it not for, for the favourites for the league going and winning their game pretty comfortably, so... Very good start to the season for Muir and St Johnston. I say it's it's not great, but I don't think they'll be they'll be too worried just yet. Yeah, so Alex Wilkinson though from the scoring before Sammy Duncan added the second just before half time. St Johnston did get back in it through Ellen May Carey, but then Beth McLeod, who was good for a goal last season, and then Elvin McLean with a, a late goal to wrap it up at four one. I think actually the goal was announced as full time was announced uh, in the Baramir Twitter, which I quite enjoyed. But I think for St Johnston, you maybe look at Baramir Thistle at the moment and the fact that. They do have players like, I know, Elsie, Elise Picara and Ophelia Buller were two of the players from the Purple Pathway that have been called up into the first team for that game. And then they do complement it with the likes of Sammy Duncan. Helen Templeton's obviously a very experienced uh, player as well. So, yeah, uh, interesting to see what happens over the course of the season for both these sides as well. But, yeah, probably start with Burnham, Thistle. And, um, yeah, that wraps us up for all the league fixtures this week. But I, I want to get your opinion on one other thing, Campbell, before we talk about the national side. You obviously, you kind of touched on it earlier on. You went down to see Brentford against Rossfield in the top of the table SWF Championship South Clash. Um, sounds like it was a, a very entertaining game. I was reading your match report in the other morning, uh, yesterday morning, and it seems like it's a pretty good game. It was. I mean, I was at four games over the weekend, so 23 goals in those four games, and the first three of them were were pretty crap games of football. But Renfrew against Rossfield was was very very good. There was two sides that. I'd obviously had their 100% record in the Championship uh, South pretty early on this season, say they've won the first three games. And early on, I think um, Rossfield looked more likely to be the team uh, to go and, uh, go and keep that up. Uh, Gemma McQuillan was one down the left who was, did really play well and was impressed every time she got on the ball. Um, Andy and Michael from Comanning and Laura McLaughlin, see, I can get her name right. They were all there as well. Um, and again, was a player that we're all pretty impressed by and took her goal very, very well. And then Second one might be an old goal, but it's a fantastic finish. And at two nothing up, you thought Rossfield, you expect them to go on and, and um, to win the game for the year. But Renfrew get back in it for half time where Sammy Joe Smith's goal. It's a cracker in off the post. And you just had the feeling there as the game went on that they could be the team more likely to start um, to go on and go on and win it. And they did just that, two very good goals again later on. And they were, they were impressive, but both teams were they both trying to get the ball down and play. They had a lot of exciting players there. And I think the sort of teams that if you if you were to put them into SWPL two right now, I don't think they would have kind of too many problems really settling in and competing against teams in that league. So 
It was a very entertaining game, one I certainly enjoyed and hopefully, hopefully see a bit more in the league this season. Renfrew, obviously, now the only team 100% record ahead of uh, Rossfield and of course Livingston as well. So there's there's lots of good sides there and I think it'll be a good league to watch um, obviously when we get the time away from SWPL. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And also I went to see a couple of the cup games last week as well and had similar experiences of varying contrast. But yeah, I just wanted to get a wee insight in that. So um, yeah, uh, if you get an opportunity and there's no SWPL, go watch the SWF Championship. And if neither of those things happen, it probably means the national team are playing. Seamless link. And uh, uh, today, uh, Pedro martinez Lothar named his first squad for the national team's re- uh, opening World Cup qualifiers away to Hungary and then at home to Faroe Islands. So away to Hungary on Friday the 17th September, home to Faroe Islands at Hamden on Tuesday the 21st of September. Make sure you go and get a ticket for that. I think it's max £10 for adults, £5 for children. Rose Group deals kicking about. And if you're in the Scotland Supporters Club, it is free. So take advantage of that as well. Uh, Campbell, I'm not going to go through the squad blow by blow because I think it's it's a pretty familiar looking squad for, for Pedro's first uh, first game first games in charge. But um, I suppose the kind of standout for me is the returns of uh, Jen Beatty, Lisa Evans uh, coming back into the squads as well. Uh, Jane Ross coming back into the squad after starting the season so well with Rangers and uh, return to Sam Kerr, uh, return to the squad for Sam Kerr. But I suppose the big, the biggest thing that's maybe happened for the Scotland national team over the last couple of days is uh, Kim Little's retirement, which is, um, I don't think I'm necessarily hugely shocked, but at the same time, it would have been good to see her stick around for one last campaign, maybe get us her World Cup, because obviously she's such a fantastic player and had such an impact for the national side over this last decade. Some, yeah, she definitely has. She's, she's certainly one player that has always been a standout for Scotland and has really enjoyed watching. But I think she's not overly old, but the decision to, to retire from international duty will, will help probably prolong her in um, her club career. So I suppose if you're watching the WSL and you're watching Arsenal in particular, then it's good for you that you're going to see more of her. I think, though, for Scotland, the group we've got, as we said previously, is favourable enough, it's, it's not the worst we could have had. and the next two games are games you would expect us to we're favourites to, to win certainly Hungary it won't be an easy trip but with the quality players Scotland have there it's one we should we should be taking points in and then obviously Faroe Islands at home they are the lowest ranked side in the group they're a team you should be beating there and hopefully get a good crowd in at Hamden as well so I think even with Kim being away as, as sad as it is we've, we've got a good quality player there that should be enough for us to be, to be winning games in this group and hopefully we can all get a trip to, to Australia um, in a couple of years get those there all saved up um, yeah, so earlier today, um, I attended the press conference with uh, Pedro Martinez Rosa, and there are a few things he had to say about the squad and how he went around his selection process. Um, so here you go. Well, first, I think obviously giving a list, giving a list a squad uh, is part of the job. But what we have done is to analyze uh, uh, all the situation with many players, not only with a list of 23. So we will work with a, a pool of about 55 players who they will be included and will be in our plans all the time. Uh, for this occasion, of course, we have to choose a, a team and we have to select players. But yes, we I think we obviously we had the, the, a couple of injuries in the last uh, in the last weeks, so that yeah made the decision yeah more simple in some cases, which is not what we we would prefer. And yeah, I think yeah it was clear that players who are performing who are playing in their clubs, and I'm sure there will be others who can join in pretty uh, you mentioned earlier on that you've kind of got a, a squad of 55 in your mind. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about how you got to the, the players you selected for the squad for the opening two qualifiers. Yeah, but what we are trying to, to reach is players who are performing at the highest level international, players also that are performing at the highest level for the clubs, and ultimately players who are 
play uh, performing at the highest level and training with some of them. They don't have the opportunity to play. Of course, this kind of uh, criterias, yeah, uh, we cannot apply like a one rule for all the players. There are different circumstances, different scenarios. We have uh, situations where a lot of teams they uh, they are in precision at the moment, but we have all the teams where they have played plenty of games, Champions League games. So I think we just need to balance what players can perform at this point in time, uh, what players are fit, also what players are not injured, uh, and then the players that we think can fit well in uh, in in the way we want to play. I have been lucky to be in Scotland to watch some friendly matches and cup matches and some, uh, uh, and then to be able to evaluate some of the clubs, Celtic and, and uh, Glasgow City have been playing in Champions League, so also give us the opportunity to, to measure a little. And also the players who are playing international, most of them, they already started the, the competition, the league, playing in Champions League. So that's the, the way we got information, plus the information and communication with clubs and players. Campbell, I mean, one of the one of the things that I did take away from the the press conference was he mentioned he had a a, a pool of fifty five players that he was keeping an eye on at any one time. So it definitely seems like the the, the net will be cast wide. Um, there's not a lot of SW. I mean, it's interesting that in, the, in terms of SWP representation, I think there's a Lee Alexander from Glasgow City and then the rest are, are Rangers players. I think there's six in total. It'll be interesting to see how this squad evolves over time because I think we mentioned when he got appointed that. He knows the English game quite well. He's, he's obviously managed at Arsenal and he knows the, the championship and that level where there are a number of Scottish players playing that, that level. But I'll interest to see how he keeps an eye on the, the game up north. He mentioned the fact he's been able to get to some of the, some of the SWPL Cup games and the Champions League games. So um, I think the, the big thing will be to get people inside is positive results from these opening two games. Yeah, I mean, if you're winning games, folk are going to be happy with you. So... I think obviously you've seen a lot of a lot of our international players now are, are playing at that high level in England and plenty abroad as well. So he's got a wide a wide net to, to choose from. You're saying a whole world to look at, really. So there's there's plenty of options for him. But it would be good to see more uh, more Scottish based players in, in the team. Obviously, you look at a lot of the international additions to the top three in particular. It's, it's maybe it's going to be harder to get players from here because a lot of our, our Good quality players, we will are, are moving that them um, moving to different places as well. So we've we've had them. I know their squad, like we said, and a few of them will be getting near a retirement age. But it's, it's who's coming through from these other sides that will be will be important and um, interesting. Sorry to see uh, to see where Pedro goes to. So he, he's got that experience from from down south. I'm sure that'll be his first port of call. But I think it would be something that he'll be looking at is definitely the SWPL to make sure he's still got that contingent of players from here, especially the ones that the fans are then seeing week in, week out and know who they're looking for in the international team as well. So there's there's a wide enough search for him and I'm sure that he'll, he'll have his own ideas certainly of, of where he wants to go. But there's the players here are, are, are certainly good enough and there is that improvement in quality in the SWPL that I'm sure you'll still see plenty of SWPL players in, in SWNT. Get all those acronyms in. Um, yeah, we will obviously probably talk about the games in a lot more depth next week um, ahead of them coming up. But yeah, uh, best luck to obviously the Scottish National Union, best luck to Pedro in the new job. He just wants Scotland to win, so no pressure, but that's, that's what you've got to do. But um, that wraps things up for this week. So Campbell, thank you very much as always for joining me. No worries at all, Chris. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, look after one another, um, and we will be back again next week to talk a little bit more about Scottish women's football. Catch you later.